0: This is a Dauntless Media Collective podcast. Visit dauntless.fm for more content.
1: I regret to inform you, you're on Chapel Probation, a podcast that takes a critical look at evangelical colleges and universities. And I'm your host, Scott Okamoto. Greetings, reprobates. 2024 marches on, relentlessly driving us towards many things, new things, old things, our impending demise. But in the meantime, let's keep sharing stories and maybe a glass of your favorite beverage. And while I'm feeling all these feels, let me say something to the people listening in secret from the very religious schools we talk about here. In the past year, I've been told informed by several people that there are APU folks who enjoy chapel probation. I've heard from people at a bunch of schools. I've never even heard of, and a few I have heard of. And uh, yeah, some of you don't agree with all of the harsh views of these schools, but most of you do either way. I'm honored to have you listen and be a part of this conversation. And if any of you would like to tell your stories, even anonymously, reach out to me. And if you're happy to keep listening until you escape after graduating or finding a new job, that's cool too. Uh, I'm here for you. And if you are one of the faculty, staff or administrators at one of these schools and yes I have been contacted by people from each of these groups well I'm thinking there's a world where we can work together I'm thinking we can make your school better in in secret or I don't know at, as as a whole we can make your school an exception to the horror stories being told here and now i, I No, I don't think it'll happen, honestly. But I'm down to work with y'all, be in conversation with y'all. I mean, I don't know. Here's to working towards a world where chapel probation, the podcast, is no longer needed. But here in 2024, shit, the stories keep coming. So let's keep doing it for now. Today's guest is my friend, Justin Gentry. He is the co-host of two incredible podcasts, uh, Rev Covery with Sarah Heath, which is a resource for former pastors, clergy, and apparently former English profs at Christian schools like me. Um, yeah, they were nice enough to have me on when my book came out last April. And he's also the co-host of probably my favorite deconstruction podcast go home Bible you're drunk yeah great name great podcast uh he does that with our other friend Tori Williams Douglas now uh they go through the Bible with deconstructed eyes and kind of just take a wrecking ball to most of it um and it's I don't know it's hilarious and perversely insightful Justin as you'll hear is a former pastor and former overachieving fundamentalist Christian, continuing that theme this Christian. And, of course, he's an all-around badass holding it down in Ohio. My name is Justin Gentry.
2: Uh, my pronouns are he, him, and I went to Indiana Wesleyan University. Yes, you did. Did you go when Blake was there? Are you the same age? We are. I'm a little bit older than him, so he was, I think, a freshman when I was a sophomore, or junior, or something. Oh, so we so you were intersected.
1: We overlapped That's a, a little though,
2: bit. We we yeah. It's a, It was like there were, I think, a thousand or fifteen hundred on campus when I was there. Um, so we knew of each other, and oh. you know, we we said hi, and you know, we like I could I recognized him when I saw him, you know, other places, but um, we didn't. We weren't really close
1: necessarily oh, Okay, when we That's were in cool. college. He, he initially was awarded the chapel probation prize of season two because he thought he didn't have to go to chapel his whole last semester. Someone uh, told him, and it turned out that was not true, and so he was on probation, and he had to listen to like three tapes at a time to try and write stuff. Um, but I took it away, and I gave it to the Asbury revival. Um, That sounds like the worst two weeks of chapel. I mean, that would, would, I mean, I wonder, I
2: I wonder if Asbury did be like, you don't have to go back to chapel kids. You spent, I I hope they got
1: some chapel credits for that. I (laughs) would hope so. Two Um, weeks of chapel. That's that's a lot of hours. Yeah. I,
2: I, I did. I did. I remember having to do some amount of chapel probation when I was at Indiana Wesleyan. Oh, you too. Um, We, so the, Um, chapel was three times a week. I think, I think it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, I think, I think you could on average skip like one a week, maybe probably not even that much, but it was, it was kind of generous, you know, Hmm. to skip. Um, and yet, (laughs) and yet, um, and yet I still managed to, uh, miss one too many or three too many. I can't remember what it was. And
1: yeah, didn't, didn't like the chapels. Did you?
2: Yeah, well, like, see, I went back and forth because I was I was a ministry major, so I was supposed to like chapel. Um, yeah, but you my, could probably
1: do it better than they did.
2: Yeah, there and there were just some chapels that were just just not worth it. Um, <laughs> and because I mean, I, from just a programming standpoint, you're having to program. Three services a week. Yeah, a lot. And yeah. you're having to find people to speak at three services a week. You know, yeah, like I get, not all of them are heavy hitters. Yeah, you, you're you're gonna have if you're if you're good, you're gonna have one banger a week. <laughs> like, yeah. like so, um, and you know, and the, and the the worship it just got so samey after a while. It was just like, like I remember just looking at a couple of times my friends like. And we had like, okay, so this is like starting to come back to me now. It's been, it's been over, oh, no. it's been like 20 years, you know? So like, yeah, it's starting was, to like, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I just, there was a, there was a worship leader. I actually don't remember his real name. We just called him rock star. Um, <laughs> Cause he just like, you could tell like, um, he wanted he to be a it. rock star. He yeah, like, that's he what was, he wanted. And, and unfortunately, you know, in evangelicalism, if you're a good musician, like you've got one gig, you know, there's one place where you can go and serve the Lord. And you're kind of
1: beloved. It's good to be the worship leader. It it
2: is. I mean, he definitely, you know, he, he paired up with, I think, another worship leader and they were both very attractive people. Um, probably separated now. I don't know, but (laughs) You know, I know at least one or two worship leaders just didn't work statistically,
1: out. Statistically, it's very possible. Yeah.
2: Highly likely. Um, <laughs> so, um, so rock star. So yeah, rock star. Yeah. Me some ideas. Yeah. We, yeah. We, I had a friend of mine, he, uh, he was another ministry major and we would just kind of look at each other sometimes like from across the chapel. Like, what is this guy doing? Like what? Like, and you got to be there. Um, but every now and then I will say, you know, I mean, it wasn't, um, my problem actually in the ministry program was I was like, I've been to church essentially three times this week. I don't want to go again on Sunday. Like I, I just don't.
1: But they tell you, you have to.
2: Yeah. As a ministry major, I had trouble getting accepted into the degree program because one of the requirements was that you had to be involved at a local church. Um, and I was like, you're like, but I go to Indiana Wesleyan. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm literally at church all day, every day. Like this is like a cloister that I live at. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's so I, wow, I why you had a
1: tough beginning then to, at the, I, in the program.
2: I, I did. I, it was actually, it was, it was frustrating because I, I, um, cause I got really involved in my dorm. I was part of, um, it's kind of an experiment that they did where they had um an all freshman guys dorm and an all freshman girls dorm um and i got involved like my second and third year like i stayed in those dorms i was like i was a ra for those dorms um and so i'm like i am in, i'm heavily involved i i i you know my interpretation of what ministry was was like this is what i'm doing you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know yeah, but, You're doing the thing, you're but doing, they didn't, they okay. didn't see it that way. You know, I'm, I'm busting kids with alcohol and, um, <laughs> this is the Lord's work. Telling them um, not to have sex. Yeah. Like just, just please don't do it in the dorm. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that was, there were, there were some guys, they, um, um, their first week, they got a bunch of Odules, you know, like non-alcoholic beer. Ooh, yeah. And, and I walked into their dorm and I was like, you know what? I got nothing. Like you guys enjoy,
1: <laughs> yeah. <You're non-alcoholic laughs> I almost—I actually beer. found
2: out later I almost got fired, um, for that because apparently there's alcohol and non-alcoholic beer. I don't know. It's like as there's much like alcohol. Trace as... amounts. But it's like it's like there's probably more alcohol in kombucha, but um, yeah,
1: or or Nyquil,
2: yeah. But um, yeah, and I Anita Wesley and we also at the time weren't allowed to watch rated R movies, like <laughs> not just not just on campus at all like, ever ever like you know like there were like the like the third matrix movie came out or whatever and allegedly there were like um university employees like at the theater watching to see if people yeah you know i don't know if that was actually true or not cuz i didn't see them when i went and saw <laughs> the third matrix
1: movie um but when you had your sunglasses on and your fake mustache yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It sounds right because APU was known to send spies all in, into parties and mm-hmm. um, things, and there was and it, you know my school was very loose with everything, but mm-hmm. they were still trying to keep track. So that that tracks. That sounds like very plausible.
2: Yeah, and it it was it, it got to a point when and you know the guys that I was at RA like they I confiscated like one movie one time, and then I was just like, all right, guys. I'd walk in on a rated R movie or something. I'd be like, "All right, you guys can finish watching it, but then just put it away." Like,
1: um, like I, I, I was not a very good cop. I, I tried, but it. Well, that is that is the good cop. Uh, you, you weren't the bad cop. I, I, yes, I, I suppose <laughs> I, I, was a good, I was a good cop,
2: uh, as good as I, you could be. Um, uh because it was just like. It, the constant policing just, it just gets to you after a while. Like
1: I, you know, um, and you're, and you're doing the policing. mm -hmm. You know, so yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, those high control environments, that's gotta be hard just for anyone who's, who's in touch with their humanity. mm -hmm. Um, Yeah,
2: Yeah. And there was a, there was a gay guy that was kind of somewhat openly gay in the, in the dorm I was, um, I was an RA or something, um, and on staff that was interesting. Cause there was, you know, I was from him learning about the, the, at the time, gay underground, basically, yep. at, you know, I was like, Oh, and, and I was not progressive. I was very conservative. You know, it's like, I'm not going to hate this guy, but you know, well.
1: I don't, I don't know, do your credit because a lot of people do. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah,
2: he 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 only lasted like a year and then he was out. Uh, He's like, I, I can't, yeah, you know, I can't do this, which was made sense. You know, why yeah. why were you here? Yeah, that <laughs> like sounds I, awful. Um, it would be um, a very it would be a very hard environment to be in, and and to be
1: openly gay. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's back up then. Let there, you said you were, you were conservative. So, what was your upbringing like and your family background? So I'm conservative Reagan,
2: Republican, Christian, um, you know, and I'm those, those people can't see me. This is a podcast, but I'm a straight white man. So like, I mean, this world was made for me. Um, this is why it took me probably as long as it did to deconstruct really, because it's like, this is made for me. Like this fits me like a glove, you know, this, you know, like, why would I, why would you leave? Why would you question it? Um, and so I went to church, I was in church, you know, three, four times a week. I was also, I went to a conservative Christian school. So I went to private school, private school kid. Um, which That's been an, it was an interesting, I've learned this more, like, as an adult, because I kind of see, I kind of, like, lumped my entire childhood into this, like, fundamentalist bin for a while, but then I, I, my parents weren't really all that fundamentalist, Um, Hmm. but they were very conservative still, they were very devout, they wanted me to get a, you know, good Christian education, but they didn't know everything that was going on at my school, Um, Hmm. like, my, like, my junior year of high school, our curriculum was to go through the basic life principles, like the Gothard seminar. Like, that was Oof. that was our – I got a grade on that. Um, wow. And my mom didn't know that. My mom actually watched a, um, the Shiny Happy People documentary. Oh, yeah. Um, and she apologized to me. Like, she – actually, when we were on – when I was talking to my mom, like, not that long ago, yeah. she was like, I didn't that was know – yeah, that, yeah. She was like, I didn't know the content of that seminar. She's like, I didn't know that, and then I'm. You know, She's like, I'm sorry, I, that was that's not. So, I had an interesting experience in that, like, my schooling was very fundamental, like very fundamentalist, um, but my home wasn't, and so I felt like I was able, I had like release valves, I guess, you know, like yeah. it was, you know, it wasn't it wasn't that all the time. Well, that um, explains
1: your your re- response to people watching movies or uh, gay students. Y- you you hadn't drank all the Kool Aid. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. Your family was sort of like a, a a shelter from the worst parts of that high mm-hmm. control cult stuff. Yeah,
2: yeah. So it's like I I I went to a cult during the day, but I got a break at night. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and I was I was a bit of an anomaly. Like I'm, you know, I'm in I. I, you know, enjoyed, I enjoyed church. I mean, that's really, I was, I started, I was going to go to Indiana Wesleyan at first for their pre-med program. Um, and then I don't know, spring of my senior year of high school, I felt a call to ministry. Um, I'd already been accepted to Indiana Wesleyan and it was kind of like, Oh, well they have a degree program in ministry. Like this works out. Um, yeah, so I I was not a Wesleyan. So the Wesleyan denomination is the denomination that runs that particular school. Um, you know, didn't I just didn't know much other than you know, okay, like this, this I'll just go to this school. Um, and it was you know it was <laughs> it's <was> pretty conservative.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's so that no whole drinking. Quadril- quadrilateral thing. Um. Yeah. Well, it's funny they they have the quadrilateral, which is,
2: uh, well, yeah, maybe, you know, it's been drilled in my head. I could, it's, it's, uh, I don't mind
1: not remembering, but yeah.
2: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll remind you anyway. Um, Well, I I think it's funny because it's scripture, reason, tradition, and experience. Like those are the four kind of pillars and that's, you know, Wesley's understanding of how we find truth. But it's in practice, it's scripture capital, full caps, and then like a very, very fine print tradition, reason, and experience <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's very, very lopsided in that way. The stool doesn't stand on its own, you know it's like a um, trapezoid
1: um,
2: yeah, it's <laughs> it's just a very funky shape because it because everything is you know like what does the scripture say? what does scripture say you know and i and again, I wasn't I was not. Um, affirming then I was very conservative in my politics. Um, you know, this was around nine 11. Everyone, you know, I considered enlisting in the military to, you know, I don't know, go get them, uh, you yeah, know, go like on you a just crusade go on a, yeah, go, yeah. To go on crusade for the Lord. And yeah. So, uh, Oliver North, uh, spoke at our chapel, the <laughs> like Thursday after nine oh, 11 or Friday wow. after nine 11. Yeah, so that kind of gives you.
1: <laughs> I remember you old
2: Ollie
1: made it made, made a kind of a comeback during that time because he's kind of a disgraced figure from the Reagan era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but he yeah he came back. The Christians took him in. Yeah, very much so.
2: Um, so I mean, that's that's kind of the, the <laughs> waters I swam in for a long time. Um, but, yeah, and then
1: but, yeah. were there moments where you were because you were already questioning the rules. So were, mm-hmm. were you ever questioning the theology and in, in the worldview and the politics at this point?
2: Um, the pol- well, okay. A couple things. Um, and this is somewhat relevant with what's going on in Israel and Palestine. I, um, there was a professor from Bethlehem university, um, which I don't know the borders anymore <laughs> at the time it was in Palestine. Um, he was a Palestinian Christian um, and I snuck in to this like small, like huddle. It was like him and like maybe 20 students. Uh, it was like an honors college thing. I was not in the honors college, but I snuck in probably for a girl. I don't know, but it was like, Oh, it wasn't just intellectual curiosity. Probably not. I mean, it was, in, it was I, 50% intellectual curiosity. Both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give you the
1: benefit of the doubt there. Yeah.
2: But I, I don't remember much about what he said other than like he said something to the effect of whatever this Israel is, it is not from God. Like he was very like clear on that point. And he talked about like what it was like to be a Palestinian and what it was like. And this was 20 years ago. So, yeah. um, and so that like, that kind of created a little crack there. So I was a pro Palestine Republican, You know, like from that point on, it was just very much like I don't support Israel just because it's Israel. Um, Right. And I open theism was kind of a thing at the time, which was a proto kind of process theology thing Um, for people that don't know. It was essentially that God doesn't know the future. The future is unknowable because it's not been created yet. And yeah. so we kind of are in the process of creating it. So God isn't all knowing necessarily that was, they had, they had professors from um, the, from, I, I forget the guy he was uh, Huntington college. I think he came to our um, um, Greg school. Boyd. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't know. No, it wasn't Greg Boyd. It was somebody else anyway. Okay. Um, so he came and spoke and, and he, I mean, some people just tore him apart Um, One of our professors kind of one of our professors kind of stood up for him or at least like defended him a little bit. And people tore him apart, too. And I (laughs) and I. I kind of became an open theist for a few weeks, (laughs) if only just because it was like, I don't like people getting bullied. Um, Uh And and that kind of became a theme of my deconstruction, honestly, was just like, I don't like assholes. I don't like <laughs> bullies. Yeah. And if I need to be an open theist just to thumb my nose at them, I will do that. <laughs> so I, I read a lot of open theism books and I was, you know, wow. and I, I kind of toyed around with it. I, I ultimately kind of didn't like it, but, um, as I, I kind of stood up for them for a little bit, just cause I was like, I'm, I don't like the arrogance that I see in a lot of my colleagues and my own, you know, my denomination at the time. And and so that kind of the seeds were there for sure, yeah. um, and and I and and I was certainly I had arrogance as a kid for you know and I I I'm sure if the guy that was gay in my dorm if you got him on the show he might be like yeah Justin was an asshole like I don't know <laughs> but but I I I remember like just him being in my life and and just like those kind of like it's it's easy to have these very. Um, clear categories to put people in when you don't actually know the people you're putting in those categories yeah. but when you like oh this is a real human being in front of me
1: <laughs>
2: it's it's harder
1: you know for sure um, well for, yeah. for if you have half a heart it's harder I feel mm-hmm. like there's a lot yeah, of true. Christians that just refuse to see the humanity in the people mm-hmm. right in front of them so to your credit you know you were doomed man you 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 saw people as, mm-hmm. as, yeah. as people, and that's not it's not good for evangelical faith that's the kryptonite that's, right there yeah. <laughs> basic empathy is yeah. is the well yeah. there's there's famous sermons famous pastors who make like sermons against empathy mm-hmm. uh, in the last you know since the trump era especially but
2: um, yeah I the first time I ran into that um Was actually at United Methodist Church. I jumped ship from the conservative denomination to the United Methodist Church for briefly. Um, Not knowing that the United Methodist Church is very swingy when it comes to their theology. (laughs) There are some churches that are very conservative and some are very liberal, and I've landed in a very conservative one. Oh, Um, okay. So. Didn't last very long there, but, uh, yeah, the pastor, I mean, looked me dead in the face, like didn't flinch and was like, we have to be careful about, we was talking about TV. Like, I think he might even be talking about like will and grace. I don't remember what the, yeah, but he basically talking about, we have to be careful about what we watch because, um, humans are naturally empathetic. And you know, if you, basically if you are around enough gay people, you'll begin accepting gay people if you're around enough. And I'm like, that that does that seems like a feature, not a bug, of being a human. Right.
1: Because he's basically saying that's how we're made. So Yeah. Like who who made us? Yeah, like it's like like are you are you trying to say
2: that empathy is part of our sin nature? Like yeah. that's that kind of seems like the best thing that we do, honestly. Yeah. Is that it's hard to hate people up close? Like yeah. that's maybe a good thing. Um, so yeah, but I yeah I ran into that a couple times where it was like that's kind of strange.
1: Hmm. Are you also thinking like me that despite Justin's heroic efforts to be a quote unquote good fundamentalist Christian? He just wasn't very good at it and was kind of doomed to fail. Uh, This is a compliment, by the way, because his very decent and caring family upbringing gave him a perspective that valued, you know, human dignity and respect. Those are non-starters in fundamentalist Christianity, kind of goes against everything we were taught about being human. Like a lot of guests here on chapel probation, Justin was indeed doomed to fail, I think, to his credit. Because things like compassion, open theology, empathy, and intellectual curiosity have no place over there. And if you don't like bullies and assholes, well, fundamentalist Christianity is kind of a bully and asshole factory. So... Oof, Justin... Well, yeah, Justin's a good dude. It was never gonna work.
2: Then I think she endures verbal abuse for a season, and she endures perhaps being smacked one night, and then she seeks help from the church. There is a pile of dead bodies behind the Mars Hill bus, (laughs) and by God's grace, it'll be a mountain by the time we're done. You either get on the bus or you get run
0: over by the bus. Those are the options. There's nothing holy about writing discrimination into the law. And I am tired of communities of faith being weaponized because the only time religious freedom is invoked is in the name of bigotry and discrimination. I'm tired of it. Hi,
1: I'm Nate, producer and co-host on the Full Mutuality podcast. Let's talk about inequality. It's everywhere. Whether it's rooted in race, gender, ability, or sexuality, there's bound to be an imbalance in power, influence, representation, and access. On our show, we want to explore areas of religion, culture, and society where justice is needed in order to bring about true mutuality. I hope you'll join us for some enlightening, fun, and at times uncomfortable conversations as we envision a world where everyone can live free from systems and structures that keep us from being truly equal. You can find us on your favorite podcast app or visit our website, fullmutuality.com to find a list of all the platforms we're available on. Subscribe today and we'll see you on the Full Mutuality Podcast.
0: Hey everyone, I'm Jessica from the Leaving the Village Podcast. I wanted to take a moment to say thank you for tuning into this show. We're so grateful that you've decided to spend your time with us. Seriously, Dan, Gail, Kathleen, Nate, Scott, and the rest of us here at the Dauntless Media Collective couldn't produce content like the show you're listening to without your support. I'd also like to invite you even further into the conversation. Right now, there are some great discussions happening over in the Dauntless Media Collective Discord server. If you're interested in chatting with other folks who are deconstructing and decolonizing the oppressive traditions they came from, please feel free to hop onto the server. If you don't know what Discord is, it's a place where communities can gather online for chatting on a wide variety of topics. In our Discord server, we have channels devoted to general deconstruction conversations, some meme sharing, therapeutic venting about whatever religious bullshit you're currently dealing with, and even a channel specifically devoted to talking about the latest episode of the podcast you're listening to right now. I hope you'll join us. You can log in directly to the Dauntless server by clicking on the link in the show notes or heading to dauntless.fm and clicking on the link in the top banner. See you there.
1: This yeah. is Methodist. Is this right? Like shortly after college, like you're you're becoming a pastor at this point. Yeah. So well, yeah. This that
2: I kind of jumped ahead in time to that particular story. But I I became a, well, I was actually in a vineyard church for a little bit right after Ooh. college.
1: Was it a dancing um, kind of vineyard? Did it, was there like like aerobics going on? They were a
2: trying to be like Bill Hybels uh, kind of vineyard. Um, so, uh, this was in Miami, Florida. I think I was actually, honestly, a pretty, it was a pretty good church. Um, yeah. all things considered. Um, and it was a great experience. I met some people that I'm still friends with, um, even, you know, post deconstruction. Um, and so it was a good experience, but they, they didn't pay me that much. Um, it was, it was one of those <laughs> like, uh, internships, you know, learn by experience. Um, yeah. and, um, I was um, I was dating at the time, you know, the person that would you know eventually become my wife, um, and you know, she actually went on a like mission to Bosnia for a bit, um, and so I was like, kind was like, I was alone in this city. <laughs> I was like, I don't really love being here. I'm getting paid like a hundred bucks a week, oh, um, and so eventually, I I ended up getting a youth pastor job, um, and. The Wesleyan church, which is the denomination that Amy Wesleyan is a part of. Um and and that was that was a great experience for the most part. Um it was rocky, you know, because it's, you know, your idealism from college meeting the reality of what
1: church actually is. Yeah, you see how the sausage is made in church and it's It's rough. Oof. Yep. It's really rough. Um
2: and again that that's actually that kind of starts chipping at chipping away at your faith or whatever like from a different angle you know there's there's the like this theology doesn't hold up angle but then there's the people are shitty like in church like it's not yeah you know like we say we have good news we say you know i learned in college in this you know environment that you know um you know, like the gospel changes people, transforms them, makes them better. You know, and and this was I was I was Wesleyan, so we're talking about being entirely sanctified, like literally sinless in this life. Can mm. you do that? And I'm like, and I I met people that said they were entirely sanctified, and
1: I guess it depends on how you define sin.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, and they were not. <laughs> Whatever, it, however you define it, they were not. Oh, okay. I kind of made a rule that if someone says they're entirely sanctified, they're yeah. not like yeah. it's just it's a red flag. Yeah. It's just something you don't, you don't get. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, and after a couple of years there I wanted to leave ministry. I was like, I don't know that I want to do this anymore. Um, but, uh, something that messed me up, uh, for a long time, still actually kind of messes me up is we went well, like our early ministry classes. We, uh, there was, they had this, they emphasized this over and over again throughout my program that, you know, the call to ministry is a call of a lifetime. Like it's kind of like being married to God, you know, like you, you know, you don't. So like, make sure you're really called, you know? And it was also one of those things like, you know, if, if you, um, you know, if you drop out, like you're, you're disobeying God, You know like this is is heavy you know like it's this heavy thing like they my senior year he had us all stand up and then he said like all right i want half the room to sit down and he's like this is how many of the people standing this is how many of you will be in ministry in five years and like half of you sit down like this is how many of you'll be in ministry in 10 years and like basically like Of a class of like 50, it ends up as just like three people are standing up. He's like, This is the number of you that will retire from ministry. But like, it was said kind of in a way that was like, This is the number of you that will be faithful to your call. (laughs) Like, So, so you're, you really want to be one of those three. Yeah. Like, and, and at least with the way my brain took that, it was like, I just kept going back to ministry because I was like I don't want I don't want to be unfaithful. I don't want to be, you know, disobedient, you know, like I, you yeah. know.
1: I don't want to get divorced from God. Yeah, you know, like that means you go to oh. hell,
2: right? You know? Like it's oh, so oh, it's oh. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it was, and you put that on a kid at 19? Yeah.
1: You know. Um, well, and, and, and a 19-year-old that's fully devoted to this faith and 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 is it's deeply held. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's awful.
2: Yeah. So, so that was, that was rough, um, to have that. And then, and then again, like, because I don't like bullies and I do a lot of things out of spite, like I was like, I'm going to stay in this to prove that that fucker that I can <laughs> do this, you wow, know? Okay. Like, you know, it's like, that's how I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> like I'm not going <laughs> to let this professor, you know, Look at me as like one of the ones that failed. Um, yeah. So,
1: so I, you know, I, well, you made I, it a good long way. So I
2: did. I was a minister for so I think you made you know, your point. O- o- over ten years. You know, um, right. unfortunately, he's still alive and probably mad at me, but whatever. Uh, I kind of don't care.
1: <laughs> well, he should listen to Go Home
2: Bible. He should. I. I sometimes I do wonder how many of my professors yeah. have tuned in. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. I haven't gotten like a, I I keep a low profile with Go Home Bible, You're Drunk, um, which is one of the podcasts I do um, now. Uh, I guess I could segue to that. Um, It's essentially drunk history, but we read (laughs) the Bible. So it's, well, I say that, but Tori and I are rarely actually drunk. Um, yeah. we started it during the pandemic when both of us were actually not drinking, we'd kind yeah. of like stopped drinking for a bit. So it's, but go home by where you're drunk was just such a great name. And it is we kind of, it, we were kind of like, sometimes reading the Bible makes you feel like you're drunk. <laughs> so if you're reading it right, yeah. Yeah. So you're like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and that honestly, I, I, we started it kind of, you know, this was, you know, Tori Williams and who you know has done white homework and other things. We kind of started it n- not as a joke, but just kind of like, let's just see where this goes. <laughs> um, and we're at a hundred well, more than we're at like 120 episodes now. Oh um, yeah. And it's still going and we're still having fun. And I mean, we, we do more than just Bible stuff, but it's honestly, the yeah. Bible is a never ending source of
1: content. <laughs> yeah. There's a few hundred more episodes left in that in the easily Bible. um not all like i don't know how good it'd be like to go through numbers or something but mm-hmm.
2: um <laughs> yeah there, there are some things we stay away from and we um occasionally dip into paul but we have to like we have to like steal ourselves for that because we did we've done philippians <laughs> and galatians and it's just
1: like yeah i i don't i can't like Galatians, I just heard it was last last the last couple weeks. Yeah, we just Um, did that one. Um, I but so from my view, and as long as I've been out, I found that to be very healing (laughs) Mm -hmm. for you guys. This is it. This is fucked. (laughs) Galatians doesn't make any sense, and and it's messed up, and it it's nonsensical. It it eats itself, and Mm -hmm. yeah. It, it was, it was actually, that was even old me who's been out of faith for like 15 years was like, Oh wow. That felt really good to, to hear you all say that. It well because Galatians, I, th-
2: I mean, what is, was one of my favorite like epistles, probably just for a couple of the good, there are a few good yeah, verses some, in there. Some
1: greatest hits in there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There, but trying to like, and I, and I, and I've read it before, but just, I have been out for long enough that like going back to it, it was like, what is this?
1: <laughs> like when you put it all together, n- not just those pretty verses that sound really great on a t-shirt mm-hmm. or something, but like, yeah. yeah. So when you went through the whole thing <laughs> and you could feel your pain too, I could feel <laughs> you, you, all of the things you were feeling, uh, the mixed emotions <laughs> of, of it. It was oh. just
2: like, I don't know. Like, and it's like embarrassment. Cause I used to think Paul was a genius and now yeah. I'm like, I know he's not like, yeah. He's not. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's a Tori and I have said like, you know, people like you will ask you, like if you could change one thing in history, you're like, Oh, I would kill Hitler or whatever. I would, whatever it's like, no, for me, I would just like convince Paul to stay in the desert. Like, (laughs) you know, when he did his little three year hermitage or whatever, can you just stay in the desert? Like, I think.
1: Or just break his hands. Yeah, uh, something, so can't you know, write. Uh,
2: <laughs> can't write, you know, just, can you just stay here? Yeah. Stop um, writing
1: those damn letters. Yeah.
2: Like, and um, we can find them later. A thousand years later, someone, you know, some <laughs> shepherd can find your hut, you know, whatever. Fine. But, um,
1: Yeah. Let's yes, just, no, this is not, so, um, so that's yes. where you end up. So real quick, go back to so how did you get out of faith to, yeah. to become um, this apostate who does these horribly offensive um podcasts like Chapel probation?
2: Yeah. Um I, you know, it it was gradual over time. I mean, I uh, the evangelicalism and Christianity just it, it gets a hold on you, especially again in America. Yeah. I'm straight, I'm white, I'm a guy like is, you know, I I had to have it really thrown in my face before it became apparent. Like this is bad because I, I kept trying to reform from within like, and so, and like as a Republican, I was pro choice. I was not anti Israel, but I questioned Israel, you know? And so I, I just kind of picked up these, I would pick up these positions over time. And then eventually I was like, I'm not a Republican anymore. (laughs) Like (laughs) just, you know, like I don't check check.
1: any of the boxes.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I check no boxes other than like, this is just what I've all, how I've always voted. So it doesn't kind of like, I'll toss it away. And, um, Christianity was very similar in the sense that it was just like, all right, well, I'm, I kind of stopped believing in hell in seminary. I, um, and not even honestly, when love wins came out, Rob Bell's book, love wins. Like, When that one came out, I read it and I was like, "Yeah, like this, duh. (laughs) This is,
1: yeah, duh. Like, (laughs) so you you got there before Rob Bell because that book was huge in Mm -hmm. so many people's deconstruction or just Mm -hmm. you know adjusting of their their theology." I would say, yeah. I would say Rob Bell definitely confirmed what I
2: was thinking. I don't yeah. think I was like quite there, but I was, I was there enough to when I read it, it wasn't like um, a shock to my system. It was more yeah. like a, well, well, yeah, like this, <laughs> this, yeah, this is the v- most viable option. Um, and so I was, you know, but again, it's like, how many of these boxes can you not check? <laughs> Before it's like, maybe it's, I'm just not a Christian, <laughs> yeah. um because so i I kind of became a more progressive Christian, and I ended up in a conservative denomination, like still you know, because it's the ministry is a very much a old boys club in the sense of it's all about your references and who you know, and all of my references were part of this like small conservative denomination, like I would try to branch out, but it's like you know, certain names when I put them on my references, like people know who they are. Like, I don't even have to call this person. I know who they are, but like someone who's not in that denomination is like, who's this person? I don't care. You know? (laughs) Um, so I kept ended up going back to this denomination. Um, and, and that's when I, I ultimately became, you know, um, queer affirming as well. Um, and that was, a confluence of things. Um, but ultimately it was just like seeing my, the big question for me. And I remember I wrote this down like a journal or, you know, just kind of like in a document. I don't remember what it was like. I was really starting to question like, okay, what is the fruit of teaching people that homosexuality is an abomination? I'm using their terms, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and the fruit of that is bigoted, awful people. (laughs) like that's that's what you get from that yeah so there's something so that's kind of how i ended up getting into it it was more of like a um if i can use this word a discipleship problem for me like that ultimately kind of broke it for me it was like what we're teaching and how we're teaching it makes people awful you know yeah, so we've
1: established that you don't like bullies and assholes so yeah and that so kind of goes in that, that in that box there that
2: that that's exactly what it was. It was like, I don't like how we are treating these people. Like even, and, and again, like as a conservative Republican, I was for, you know, uh, marriage equality simply because I was like, we shouldn't be using the state to police morality. That was just kind of my thing. Like if, why would we make the, you know, if, if we believe these people are going to hell, why are we trying to make their life miserable now? Like right. it just doesn't make, it didn't make sense to me. Um, So, but ultimately that led me and I, and I read, I'd read various books and they're not necessarily books I would recommend now because, but they were helpful to me then. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and ultimately it was like, then that was actually when I realized I had a problem because in this conservative domination, I could be a Democrat. I could, you know, maybe be a little squishy on hell and a little squishy on some other things. But, um, I was in the ordination process and, the it it was interesting like the questionnaire that they give you is you know can you support the denomination that's kind of the initial one the denominational stances and the denominational stances were you know anti-queer but at the time i said yes mostly because i was like i can be in this denomination and not make waves i was kind of like uh i'll i'll quiet be quietly affirming you know that was kind of the stance i was at the time um but then, like, we get into, like, the further in the process of ordination, and then it's, like, I have to fill out this paper. And I think three different times they asked me, in various different ways, what my view of marriage was. Oof. And it was, which is interesting. It's, like, do you believe that Jesus is divine? Ask you one time. Do you believe, you know, all these, like, v- yeah. core tenets of the faith. Ask yeah. you once. Check. Yeah. Check, you know, like... this was this it came up in different ways at least three different times like do you believe the marriage is between one man and one so like this is a dragnet like this is what this is yeah and i was like I, i i can't be dishonest anymore like i can't hide anymore like i need to like and i didn't make like a stance as in like i didn't roast anybody in this little form i just said like yeah i just i can't you know i can't definitively check this anymore um, and at the time they were actually quite kind about it. They were like, Hey, we, we get it, you know, time, times are tough for ministers <laughs> and, you know, and, and I guess there's not too many people lining up to be ministers. Yeah, so yeah. so we'll, we'll let you in. It's, it's And fine. they were, they were actually fine with me wrestling. Um, and you know, I I've wrestled for maybe two years, not even probably two years. But like once I, and the, like the district superintendent would meet with me like once a month or once every couple months, we'd have coffee and he was a nice guy to hang out with. And he would, you know, send me some books and, and, you know, like, I mean, like Rosario Dawson or whatever, whatever her name is like Butterfield. I don't can't remember her name, but she's like a, you know, a, a oh, reformed yeah. lesbian or yeah, yeah. something. I can't remember her, yeah, her name yeah. is. um It's funny that I don't feel like they ever read my books. <laughs> You know? Like, oh, you gave them they, books to read, and they're like, "Oh yeah," hmm. I said, "like, hey, why don't we? Why don't you read this book,
1: I'll read this book." You know, you and read then, Rob Bell and Bart Ehrman in
2: uh, yeah, um, and I was giving them easy books for them to read. It was like Tony Campolo, yeah, it was like you know God and the Gay Christian or something, which you know they would have probably agreed with if they would actually read it. But anyway, Um hmm. but once I kind of had decided, I I remember telling him, I said, "Hey, like I." I don't think I'm going to change my mind on this. Like, I appreciate all this work that you're doing with me, but I, it feels dishonest for me to like yeah,
1: keep doing like this we're still wrestling.
2: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not wrestling. I haven't been wrestling for a while now. Yeah. Um, and I, I had a lot of queer students. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was like, I always had a lot of queer students in youth ministry. Um, but they only felt comfortable coming out to me once I was, you know, even quietly affirming Mm -hmm. Uh, or just like, it just happened that way. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'll ever know, but, um, I had a lot of queer students in my youth group. I'll just say that. Um, and I, you know, and i i towed the denominational line publicly in in the sense of like i would i would offer them a spectrum you know if a kid came out to me and was just like what do i do i'm a christian i'd be like well some people think that you need to be celibate your whole life but there's other people that are just as christian that don't think that and here's a couple of books and resources for you and let's maybe figure this out together that's the stance i had at the time i would not yeah. say that now but that's yeah i mean you're a pastor so you yeah, I'm a pastor in a very conservative denomination. I was like, even that was like, yeah, not even edgy. It was like, don't ever do that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but you know, I was like, I, I, my, and my goal in in ministry to adults or students was more like, I'm going to give you the tools to figure this out yourself. I'm not just going to tell you the answer. Like, um, so, and especially when it came to, you know, LGBTQIA students, I was like, I'm, I, um, ultimately I was kind of found out and ultimately I had to go to the board and, um, Wow. We had similar
1: experiences, man.
2: And I told him, I said, Hey, if I get this wrong, I have to do a kid's funeral. Like, and, and I can't, I'm not going to have that weigh on my conscience, you know? And, and there's at least one kid that I'm quite certain, um, I did save their life, you know, Yeah. and I don't, wow. I don't regret that. No, um, I mean, that's, that's,
1: that's the, the, to me, that's the divine right there. Is mm-hmm. Yes. Going, going yeah. against the system you're in to, to help someone is, that's a beautiful thing, man.
2: Yeah. You can't do it for long, but. By the time you're able to do it, it's, you know, there, there were a lot of good things that happened. There, I mean, there's part of me that's like, I wish I would have left ministry a couple years sooner, you know, like, cause it right. would have saved me a lot of pain. It would have saved me a lot of, you know, difficulty, but there's also part of me that like those last like three years were the best, you know, that I had ever been in. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm yeah. actually doing real ministry now. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not parroting a party line. I'm not, you know, like I'm. I'm in the thick of it with people. Like this is what it's supposed to be like. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. And they fired me, and I, you know, and I. It, how they did it was cowardly, and of course, it, you know, it was you know they said, oh, we're gonna give you till May or June, we're gonna let you finish out the school year, and then like a day later, they're like, actually, we need you gone now. Oh shit. Um, they gave me the, they gave me the bare minimum severance that they were required into the discipline. And I slid that, I slid the note back to him and I was like, you need to do better. Like I have covered for you. I have been quiet for you. I have, you know, I have done a lot of things for you. I need you to do this for me. And you know, they gave me another month's severance, which was kind of nice. Ooh, so well played. Like, I, was like, I, I was one of those few moments where I was just very brazen. I was like, you need to do better. Like, I, I'm not going to – no. Like, you're not going to give me the bare minimum. This is ridiculous. Um, yeah. Wow. And I, yeah. I was yeah. in a parsonage at the time, too, so it's like I, I have to leave, like – I don't have housing and I don't have a job oh, like that's, shit. you know, that's, that's a shitty place to be. Um, ultimately got the job that I'm, I'm, I've bounced around the publishing industry a little bit. I'm in educational publishing now. Um, but I'm, you know, working at the same company I was when I, you know, I, I knew somebody that was there and I, but that, that transition was hard. Uh, and I was still a Christian yeah. at the time. I would have said I was a progressive Christian at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: Ah, the progressive Christian. I think most deconstructed folks hit that phase at some point, and some even stay there. And while it's not my place to tell anyone what to believe or not believe, people like Justin and me have some thoughts. I write in my book about how, for me, the mental, archaeological, historical cultural and linguistic gymnastics needed to support a progressive christian view again for me it's are, they're all just too much relying on the same kind of shitty collection of problematic nonsensical contradictory texts as the kkk and QAnon just seems like either too much work or just pointless work we're, we're all reading the same book and coming to vastly different conclusions about life and faith. Again, to me, and apparently to Justin, too. I've actually met people who like the Bible for the sex and violence, and, and that's fair. That's kind of an R-rated book, collection of books. The Go Home Bible Your Drunk podcast is my happy place. And not just because I love Tori and Justin as people. It's the conversation people should be in when talking about the Bible, at least part of the time, and yet hardly anyone is. Probably it's because of the ridiculous influence Christianity holds on our society and culture, even for people who don't go to church. Like those people are afraid. A lot of them are are afraid of criticizing the Bible. Because, you know, I don't know. They're afraid of God. They're afraid of being hit by lightning. That's so weird when you think about it. But maybe it's not so surprising when you think about it. So, yeah. So what happens to a pastor when he thinks about it?
2: You know, but it's like then it's like the big come down off of ministry is no one prepares you for. Um, and there's another podcast I've started uh, since then. If only
1: there was a podcast that helped If only there was a resource for people.
2: From... Yes. Um, because it was, it was hard. Um, I mean, it's, it, you know, when you're in ministry, th- this is a small thing, but I feel like it illustrates all of it. You know, I, and you have to move around a lot, usually in ministry. And when you move to a new town, like, there were 15 to 20 people waiting for me almost every time, like to help me unpack my boxes and to help me move in and to help me get acquainted at the town. It's like, you've just got like built in instant friends and support and fans. Honestly. Yeah. Day one. Well, I moved to Columbus where I'm at now. Um, and my mom was there, you know, like that's it. (laughs) Like, There's no, and it's not like I expected fanfare, like for the city of Columbus to open its arms to me or something, but it was just like, oh, like no one cares. Like this is, wow. Okay. Um, oh, I have to make friends like a normal person does, (laughs) you know, like, like, okay. I, I, there are some things I need to learn here. Um, and so it's, and it's that, and then it's the corporate world and it's all the things. And, um, and so I started a podcast later with, uh, Sarah Heath, um, called Rev recovery that it's, it's it telling people stories that are leaving ministry, you know, hopefully hopeful stories, you know, and we try to also provide, you know, tools like one of our most downloaded episodes is like how to make a resume. Cause when oh, you're, wow. when your role is discipleship coordinator, um, <laughs> no one hires you. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause it's just like that. That sounds like a cult leader. Cause you kind of work, um, a little bit. Yeah. I mean,
1: you well, know, I could work at like Google maybe. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah. I, like, yeah. We actually said like a, a tech startup, they would yeah. love a discipleship coordinator. <laughs> yeah. Um, so might play, but like, the and also empowering. Hiring. Yeah. And, and, but in empowering people that, cause it can be very defeating too. Um, and I'm trying to help, people that are pastors know, like you have the skills to be a valuable asset to any employer really. Yeah. Um, assuming you left for good reasons, <laughs> you probably are a person of integrity. Yeah. You're probably a person that has great interpersonal skills. Like they can teach you how to make an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. They can't teach you how to run a meeting in a way that doesn't bore people to death. <laughs> Um, and like, that's what you bring to the table and people will appreciate yeah. that,
1: you know? Um, except so, for Carl Lentz, because he looked like a deer in headlights at his fake job that he was pretending to go to in that documentary. It looked it like Newlander trying to be a minor. It, it was, it was, uh, <laughs> it was really sad. It was like that. The whole thing just fell apart for me at that scene. I'm like, he doesn't really work there.
2: He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't
1: know what he's doing. He's yeah.
2: Yeah. So, so, yeah, and yeah, that's, and that's a podcast that, you know, it's, it's tremendously rewarding. Um, go home, Bible you be drunk. is fun. And yeah. there's a lot of rewarding things about it. Um, Rev Covery is a little more serious, but it's also, it's a lot more rewarding just in the sense that it's like, we help people get jobs. Like we help people, you know, transition out of ministry. We help people, you know, find something they enjoy doing or even, even taking the pressure off your job to be your like calling, you know, like my job no. right now it's, I work with great people. I, I am in an industry, like we're in educational publishing. We help kids learn. Like I can feel good about that. I'm not yeah. like, I don't work for like some weapons manufacturer or something. You don't
1: work for a Becca, right?
2: Just, just make, no, sure, you know? yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> it is it's not a Christian publishing, publishing company. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so, so it's like I can feel good about it, but it's not my life and it doesn't have to be my life. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and that, that's, that's nice actually. Um, so, but there was a certain point, but probably before the pandemic where it was like, I don't know that I can be a Christian anymore. Like that was, and that was a hard one. That was, that was always the the hardest one for me. The hard one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw progressive Christianity under the bus a little bit. Um, okay. bring, bring not the bus. to, not to, um, <laughs> if you're a progressive Christian listening, I love you and appreciate you. Yes. It just, it wasn't for me at a certain point. Um, I think honestly, because I was raised in such fundamentalism, it's hard for me to not look at the Bible through that lens, you know? And it's also hard for me to like, you know, there are, are some progressive Christian voices that are like, you know, the Bible is affirming ultimately of, of gay people. And I'm like, no, nah, it's actually not. Yeah. It's really not, you know, or like, Oh, you know, like women's equality, it's, it's in the Bible. Yeah, I'm like, that yeah, one, that one bothers me. It's like, it's <sighs> there, but like it's under about 12 tons of misogyny. <laughs> yeah. Like there's like a, a speck or three that we like that or that I'm glad are there. Yeah. But it's like, No, like, and so it it kind of started to feel like a, um, intellectually for me, it started to break down because it was just like, I, I can't with a straight face say, um, the Bible is pro I I can't, you know, it's that the Bible is, is, is for, you know, various people that I care about, you know, or the, you know, the Bible is pro trans, like it's really not like, and, and, and at a certain point it was like, it's okay actually that it's not because I can be. Um, right. Because
1: if you don't need the Bible, it, who, who cares? Yeah. yeah it's the like Bible all of a sudden it's like,
2: you know, ethics really opens up for you <laughs> yeah. when you aren't required to back it up with the Bible. A verse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's, 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 it's amazing how easy it is to have a great moral ethical framework <laughs> when you don't have to like
1: pull from this book. Right. Um, Which and everyone I, else pulls from. Like you got the KKK and you're, you know, most leftist liberation theologists reading mm-hmm. the same book mm-hmm. and, and deriving all of their worldview and knowledge from this one, the same book mm-hmm. and coming to very different conclusions. Yeah. And they're kind um, of both and, right. You know, if, yeah. I'm just yeah, saying that, it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it's, and that's the thing. It's like, it depends on the lens you look at right. it with. Exactly. And, and, and even like simple things like what is the gospel? like, which I learned going through Galatians. I don't even think Paul knew what it was. (laughs) Um, But it's to get so many different answers from so many different people and like, and they all seem like they're making shit up, you know, from the most conservative to the most progressive. And, and you know, and I will say for progressive Christians, they're doing great work. They're not doing harm, which is fantastic. You, You found a way to not do harm with this book. Great. Yeah. Um, we, it's just not for, for me. That. Right. Um, yep. it just, at a certain point it was just like, I, I just can't. Um, and then it's like, well, what even am I? So, um, and that's like well, kind, kind of, a question. Like, I, I'm kind of a, and that's the thing too. Like, I don't have to like to come to the conclusion of that. I don't have to be anything like I can just be a human in the world that occasionally just has experiences of awe and and I don't have to categorize them like that's they can just be great experiences um and that's that's that feels really freeing to me and and it's not that I don't believe in god or something transcendent or yeah. or even that that I don't think that jesus got a lot of things right um I just I don't feel like I have to fanboy all the time <laughs>
1: and that that feels good you know who you are you what? are Justin Motherfucking Gentry. That's, That's right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it feels good to say that, like, right? Um, yeah, and it, and 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 I don't have to be, you know, um,
1: Pastor Gentry, too, or um,
2: well, and also like I think it. Maybe I'm just lazy too, <laughs> because it's like when you say like I'm a Christian, but not that kind of Christian, right. it feels like you have to have like six paragraphs of yeah. this is what I'm not. This is what I yeah. am. This yeah. is how you have to it write a you know.
1: PhD dissertation to explain. um Yeah. And all the if things. you
2: just say agnostic, most people are like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And like, it just, yeah, I don't need to explain it anymore. And it's yeah. like, I, and I, cause I used to love the, I used to love theology. I used to love debating it. I used to love writing it. Like, it, and I, I was going to a church or after I was fired, I was going to a church in uh Columbus area and I was at like, a retreat or something. And there were these two guys that were just kind of like debating. It was lighthearted debate. It wasn't like angry Twitter debating. It was just like, mm-hmm. they were just kind of going back and forth. Well, what about this verse? What about, you know? And I, and I was like, I remember thinking normally I would have been drawn to that conversation. Yeah. But Get in there, mix it up yeah mix it up and like you know try to like that i was like i could not be less interested in what's <laughs> going on in that corner of the room it was just it was like a revelation to me it was like i know nope, i i don't i don't care to defend who i am to other people's expectations of what i should be yeah. you know and and occasionally I, I say i'm a christian actually every the first two weeks of June during pride month, when mm. all my queer friends are like doing great theology on Twitter or whatever <laughs> that are, that are still Christian. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll be a Christian for you. Like if this is what it is, <laughs> you're a kind of Christian. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll sign up, you know, but then I don't know, some, some chud will get in there and I'm like, eh, yeah. Okay. Oh, no, yeah, uh,
1: sorry. Christian pride month is over. Um. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh well, what the last thing I wanna talk about is um your fitness plan. So so <laughs> man, you inspire me because not just with Go Home Bible and, and Rev Covery, but you like pumping some serious iron in is that like your basement or your garage or something? It's well, my garage, yeah. yeah. So I
2: actually I'm gonna say that it is um a testament to my Willpower and fortitude that I didn't mention that I got really into CrossFit during this time. <laughs> so I brought it up. So you can normally people lead with CrossFit. I did not. And so I feel like that should be noted. Um, yeah. So, so I, I honestly, I think to have something outside of church at a certain point, I took up, you know, CrossFit. I had a friend that owned a, owned a gym. Um, and he kind of needed help too. So it was just kind of like, a, this is like, a, I'm helping a friend and it's not church related. Sweet. I'm in. Um, and I, and I wanted to get healthy too. I, um, right after I graduated seminary, I was just like, i I was, I was just feeling unwell. It wasn't even a weight thing. It was just a yeah. lot of little Caesar's pizza and late nights <laughs> just to accumulated to the point where I was like, I, I need to make a change here. Um, and I, I just found it to be very liberating for me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't do like CrossFit as much anymore. Um, mostly cause I'm, I'm 40. Um, and at a certain point your body's just like, can you be kind to me please? <laughs> um, but I, I, I do love working out now. I love, I love lifting heavy weights. I, you know, it's this, you know, having a good mind body connection, yeah. um, being embodied, you know, having a certain mastery of your body, um, I think is really good. And, you know, we, we have very disembodied existences for the most part. Yeah, um,
1: Christianity for sure.
2: And Christianity in particular, Yeah. um, I've you know, society generally, but yeah. Christianity yeah, in particular. Sure. And I, I actually do remember it like, like, kind of being, um, I remember even in college, actually, I kind of go back there, like being a little bit like frustrated that the only real verse in the Bible about your body was like Paul's like physical exercises of some value, but spiritual exercises of greater value. (laughs) You know, it's like that, that's, that's the verse we get. Like that's the, that's your wisdom on this. Um, I remember kind of like being like, is it okay to, enjoy being in a body you know like is it is that okay is that an okay thing
1: enjoy yeah
2: well yeah Um, christian enjoyment you know the the you know and 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 church worship services what do you do you you go and you sit and listen for an hour and then you go to the potluck and you sit and you eat for an hour and then you you know like and and then you go to your home and then you sit and watch football for hours you know and that's None of those things are necessarily bad to enjoy, but we're, we're just constantly not moving.
1: Yeah. Um, Although at the vineyard that I visited, they were doing some aerobics on Sunday and, and <laughs> some I churches. not yes. So I, I, I didn't go to that church, but. Um, I should say, yes. Yeah.
2: Well, white conservative white churches tend to be the <laughs> just chill. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, I kind of just sought that out and it's, you know, it's, it's been a practice for me and I, I notice when I miss it and I, um, and you know, I I like being strong. I like, you know, my seven year old, I can throw her on my shoulders still (laughs) and, you know, she likes it and it's sometimes helpful and, um, yeah, I just, it's something that I enjoy and I, I would encourage everybody of, you know, whatever ability you have to find some way to, you know, Push your body a bit and become embodied as much as you're able to, and as much as your abilities are, allow you to. Yeah. Um, because I think it's um, it's what makes us human, you know, like it is.
1: Yeah. Part I did it partly for the sex. Um, I mean, the, the it, that, that also is nice.
2: <laughs> that, that that is a nice side real.
1: effect. It's um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah, there's just some things you can do when you have when you're in good shape. So um, a certain amount of strength and flexibility
2: strength, does make sex yeah. a lot better.
1: Yeah. Just, just putting that out there. This, we can talk about all of the embodiment and everything, but that's, that's important too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I would say a lot of people,
2: cause I, I, I got into like even coaching, you know, I had, had you know, certifications and things and, um, a lot of people were like, I just want to look good naked. I'm like, that's a valid goal. That's fair. Yeah. You know that's a fair goal. Um, you know, I mean, we can work on some health aspects to that yeah. goal, but yeah, that's
1: <laughs> if that's what got you in the door. Yeah, we'll work with that for now. Um, At content warning in February. Um, yes. Yeah, we, we're, we should. Um, we'll have to. Is there is there a striptease or a, a burlesque for men kind of thing that we we can? Uh, we <laughs> because have, it's also we have toyed okay. around proud of our bodies. So, and I'm an Asian Mm -hmm. man and I'm on the bottom of the totem pole for men. So I was talking with Janice Legata. She's a black woman. And we're like, well, we at the bottom, we want to feel proud of our, ourselves and our bodies. And so Mm -hmm. thinking of ways to, to do that.
2: (laughs) We have toyed around with the idea of doing a, a drag or burlesque or some kind of, you know, show at content warning. So, um yeah, I'm fine okay. with that. All right. Um I mean, I I I'm not technically in charge, but I Yeah. I can I can say it's okay. Okay. Well. <laughs> uh so, content yeah, warning content after. Warning. Hours, we'll we'll have like a pole yeah.
1: dancing class or something. Um
2: yeah. I think Tori and I made a joke on go home by where we you're drunk about like, cause we were talking about, um, we're trying to make that uh, the event as accessible as possible to have, yeah. you know, cameras and stuff. And we weren't yeah. going to get like some blurry webcam yeah. like you would. And then somehow it became a porn reference and we're like, <laughs> Tori's like, to be clear we're not making porn at content warning. Yeah. But then I was like, well, or... but if people wanted to, they could yeah. just not, it'd be after hours. <laughs> like
1: we're not sponsoring right, the creation so of porn at porn the porn porn workshop um after hours um <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm told lighting lighting is important um <laughs> mo- maybe more than the quality of the camera and so hmm All right, well, damn lighting and, a- lighting and angles more. i hear yeah yeah so i'm an, i'm motivated to work out more now between now and then so mhm um yeah. So for everyone listening, I'll, I'll probably put it in, in the show notes and everything, but, and I have been, um, but yeah, content warning, anti purity culture, sex positivity. Is that how you would describe it? All the things. Yeah. All yeah. Things. I
2: mean, it's, it's, I mean, a, a briefly, it's a, it's a, it's a fuck you to purity culture. Um, but with, with an eye towards like, what are we building next? Yeah. Because a lot of things in our deconstruction space are, geared towards like, this is what I left or this is why right. that thing sucks. And, and you need that. That's not even a bad thing. Yeah. Um, this is more like, yep, that sucked. But like, how do we have sexual ethics after purity culture? Um, how do we build, how do we approach topics like, you know, how do we approach polyamory in an ethical way? How do we approach the conversation about, you know, ethical porn? Um, now that we, cause we kind of alluded to it in our earlier discussion, like when all of your morality is based on what this book says, and then it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to base morality on what this book says. Like, well, what do I do now? Right? <laughs> like uh, I don't know, like we were stunted in a lot of ways when it comes to like empathy and developing a, an ethic that actually is healthy. So yeah. it's, it's really about like pushing that conversation forward to be like, what are we building now? Um, and we have a lot of, and it's mostly going to be through panels of people that are a cross section. You know, we are trying very hard to make it not straight and white and we're trying to make it you know, very colorful and very queer. Um, and so that's, and so it's all those, so those intersectional conversations, um, and yep. cause we have way too many, Dudes usually that are like, Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm polyamorous. I haven't told my wife yet, but I, I am, you know, it's like, we, we, okay, I, I get that you're liberated now. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, purity culture is not a thing for you. Wonderful. But like, yeah. let's, let's have a better conversation.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, we did it. Thanks for coming on to chapel probation, man. Yeah. I, I really appreciate yeah. you telling your story was, and sharing the things. It was a blast. And- um, I look forward to more conversations. We, we will keep the conversation going. hmm Sounds great. Now, I'm going to sound like a Lyft driver I had in San Francisco who was an aging white guy hippie and self-proclaimed shaman. I'm going to sound like him for a minute, so bear with me all-connected, man, our deconstruction, our spirituality, our bodies, and our hope that everyone on this planet can live a fulfilling life. And for a lot of us, Christianity, which claims to offer all the answers and all the solutions, is actually an impediment. But if you're a former pastor or clergy person, definitely check out Rev Covery. With Justin and Sarah Heath, I've, I've, I'm told it's an amazing resource. I, I mean, I, I love the podcast. I listen, uh, but I'm not a former clergy. But I'm I'm sure if I were, I would be th- so glad that it exists. And if you're up for some healing fun at the Bible's expense, go check out Go Home Bible. You're drunk. You'll be glad you did. I just I, I listen when I'm in the car and I'm just cracking up. And, you know, at stoplights and people are looking over at me like, Wow, this guy's losing his mind. And I probably am, but if I have to lose my mind, I wanna do so listening to Justin and Tori. So thanks to Justin Gentry for coming on. He's another person who I once listened to from afar and respected. And now I'm really honored to know him as a friend. So Excuse me as I go work out really, really hard. Uh, Yeah. There are just a few weeks until content warning, and my aging Asian American body is going to be fit as fuck for the culture. Gotta represent. So, we'll be back next week with another episode of Chapel Probation. And we're wrapping up this season in in a few weeks. So uh, stay tuned for more announcements of what's coming down in 2024. It's just getting started. So yeah, have a great week.